Welcome back, everybody, to the Precision Unloaded podcast. Uh, tonight, it's just Graham here with special guest Josh from Australia. How are you, Josh? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Not bad. So, Josh is... Uh, you may not know who he is, but you may have uh, looked at a bunch of his work. Uh, so he does nearly all of the social media for PRS Australia for, um, and then several other businesses that run sort of in the background or alongside of that. Um, yeah. Cover so, a few things off. Yeah. yeah. And so I, 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 I know what I also should mention is the Impact Dynamics podcast, which is a, um, a live show and a podcast, um, depending on when you listen or watch it. Um, so welcome uh, along, Josh. Thanks for coming on. I know the times are a bit no. different, so we're doing this in the Thanks middle. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's... Uh, right. Afternoon podcasts are weird. It's great. Yeah, it is good. I, I, I managed to leave work a little bit early, so it's a, any excuse, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I've obviously, I've, I've talked to Rusty several times in the past, different gun stuff, and, and been on, we needed all of COVID podcasts, um, back when the world was ending. Um, but I didn't meet you oh, until... Oh, yes, those fun times. Yeah, he's doing like one a day and he's getting real desperate for guests. Yeah. So I, I ended up on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I met you when we travelled over to Buckham in, um, in Victoria. Would have been Buckham. Mid, uh, several months ago. Uh, met you on the Friday night at the pub and we've been chatting ever since and hanging out at a few different events. So it's um, pretty good to, to get you on for a talk tonight. Yeah. That's good. It's weird being on the other side of these things, to be honest. I'm usually the one on the other side just pressing buttons in the background. Yeah. Well, there's a lot less buttons I push on my podcast compared to yours, um, but <laughs> it's on and That's off. That's probably for the best, mate. Less things to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much on and <laughs> off, and then I edit out some of the things at the end if it yeah. gets too weird. But... We, we might have to change our podcast stuff. I like that much better. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, so we might as well kick into it. So Josh, I've sort of sent Josh a pretty rough idea of what we're going to talk about tonight but in, in short uh what do you do at um impact dynamics and captivating attention and also prs australia i know it's a it's a whole lot there oh but, this um, is this is a fun one yeah um do you want a quick little run through of how i came on board with all of it i think so what, so what i should say is yeah, t- cool. t- tonight we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a bit of australian prs a bit about josh's shooting and a bit about um firearms and social media um so so yeah you, you very much in my my alleyway ex- exactly so yeah how did you get involved so basically i during covid i was looking for i was looking for a bit of extra work and my sister-in-law knew rusty and rusty was looking for someone to do video stuff and i was like oh no i'm not good enough to do this i just do it for a little bit of fun full driving and yeah long story short ended up doing some work with him for two days a week was like, nah, this is pretty cool. So that was doing work for, you know, videos for Impact Dynamics, uh, Projector Warehouse and Scoped Out. I was like, all right, nah, this is going pretty well. Ended up, you know, two days a week goes to three to four to full time. And then that, that sort of kicked off from there. That was, that would have been just after the live shows that he would have done with you during COVID. Yep. Um, so then anyway, yeah, went from there and jumped into the 2021 PRS season was coming up was like, all right, awesome, this is going to be great. Like, started getting into a little bit of shooting at the ranges, all the rest of it. Went out for that one and was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Like, filmed Monado 2021. That was a massive learning curve. Just completely awesome. And then went to the next match, got cancelled from COVID. Next match, cancelled. Next match, cancelled. Season cancelled. So I was like, ah, put a bit of a dampener on it. Yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyway and that obviously that gave us some time to do things um so me and rusty we jokingly said at the start we're like oh we should like 
do a media business. Like, this would be great. And just sort of let that stew for a bit. And then a few people mentioned some stuff. And it was like, no, we should actually, we should do media stuff. So I think it was end of 21 or start of 2022, uh, I co-founded Captivating Attention with Rusty. So Captivating then, Attention, that's specifically, that's the media company. Yeah, that is specifically the media company. So from there, like we, for this this year in particular, we um, took on well, we took on PRS Australia as a client. And they they came on board. We then travelled around doing all the matches for them, and yeah, doing a whole heap of content for the sponsors, and still doing all the stuff with Impact Dynamics and all the other brands. Wow, so it's getting pretty busy, eh? So it is getting pretty busy. I think I worked out the other day that I've I've done every PRS match that's run since 2021 Monado. So <laughs> yeah, and, that 16, 17 matches or something. And it's not as if Australia is a small place, like it's flying or driving or oh, for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got like uh, traveling to Buckham. It's a 13-hour drive or something, 13-hour drive. Man, I thought it was... We were like four or five from the airport. I thought that was bad. Um, yeah, no, see, we've got an extra eight on top just to get to Melbourne. Shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then so... But wouldn't have it any other way. Well, yeah, I, I, I am relatively jealous of, of your job, actually. It's pretty cool. Um, so... Yeah, there's no complaints. <laughs> and then as <laughs> and then for the Impact Dynamics podcast, you do, you do a lot of the... Pro- well, producing along with other people and set up audio, cameras, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that that started off as I was just doing that in the background, press the button, stayed pretty quiet. And then I guess the more that I'm transitioning over into the shooting world as well, I guess like I've actually got talking points and I'm I'm going on that journey from just having a bit of fun plinking at the range to looking at putting together a, a season of PRS and seeing how I can actually go against the top shooters in the country. That's pretty cool because um, uh, I've thought about having new shooters on the podcast and different things, but it, it can be hard to get a good conversation going with someone who's new and doesn't know the, you know, all the noise. But your one yeah. is because you you work in the industry, so you're exposed to it pretty quickly. So it, it should be quite a good. Um, yeah, they had to had to pick up that learning curve pretty yeah, quickly and sort of good. jump straight in because it was it was having to understand things for. Um, work that I was doing because you know you're you're putting out content for all of these brands if you don't understand what's actually going on in the space like the gear that's being used and why people do things a certain way you, you go into that I don't want to put something up that people will read and be like that has nothing to do with this whatsoever so you've got to got to be aware of what's actually going on yeah I, I would say of the shooting sports also our one <laughs> what I see us as particularly picky if people say the wrong things, like oh, you're watching, like you say, a content video, and they're, you know, they're saying the wrong word or they're referring to something incorrectly. We pick it up really quick, whereas yeah, you instantly go, you go, that's not quite right. No, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about, or or it could be, yeah. So no, that's that's interesting. Now you have made several videos on the Impact Dynamics YouTube channel of some of your early rimfire matches. And I think one recently of a Cinefire match. Well, that might have been a story. Yeah, I started, yeah. I think that started this year. Started, um, I did a little bit of documentation of what I was doing on the Impact Dynamics pages. Yeah, I, I love, was, love that those was interesting. videos. Yeah, it's, um, 
obviously I'm deeply um, sort of involved in the sport here in New Zealand and travelled over with you guys a few times, but I like watching different matches. And a lot of people, they don't want to sit there and watch someone shoot a precision rifle, but it's... Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's real helpful for new shooters too, because to, to the point that um, between myself and, and Simon, who you haven't met, we're getting some trigger cams and we're going to try and film some either... Oh, yeah, awesome. Maybe not during the match, maybe after the match, because we've got access to the range, mm. right? And just... <clears throat> yeah almost walkthrough videos so like if you if you were a new shooter and you said what should i expect we'll go well here you go here's some videos trigger cam um and stuff like that and just to because a lot of people don't especially what we do here is, is a bit different from the rest of the world so it can be hard to explain to people what we're actually doing um so if there's a good yeah. video uh it's easy right so anyway sorry this is less <laughs> less about what i'm up to and what we should be talking about um, <laughs> about you but um Oh, so anyway, so all of that's keeping you pretty bloody busy by the sounds. That's um, shit. It and, is, but and, yeah. no, busy's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, yeah, I hear that. And then, um, <sighs> pretty cool. Anyway, we'll move on. PRS <laughs> Australia, right? It's, um, yes. it's become very, very successful, especially in the last sort of, well, since COVID, I'm imagining. It's sort of really rocketed off um, more rounds around Australia international shooters coming along now not just kiwis you know you had some canadians americans recently um yeah that was that was fantastic over the weekend yeah that's that was pretty pretty cool too that's just not like a random dude from america either it's like some of their top pro shooter stuff so that's that's pretty awesome but you went to every round this year i, I myself went to sure did. what was your favorite round of the series this year uh it's been actually tricky. I actually tried thinking about this a little bit today, looking at questions, and it's a tricky one to put together because there's so many different factors, but the one that I settled on was the Gunsport Winter Classic down in Buchan. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> it's, from a from a content point of view, the range at Buchan is just fantastic. Um, you've, got, you've got all the trees that just flow the whole way down, so you've always got something in the background that looks good. Um, you're always forward of the line, so you're not fighting benches or anything like that. Like you've always got a cool looking prop with some room around it. Mm -hmm. Um, the cold mornings, while they suck because it's so cold there, you get those first shots up until 11 o'clock ish when it starts warming up and just, you get all of the condensation in the air and everything, people taking shots and it just looks epic. Yeah. Agreed. And the people down there are rad dudes and everyone ends up pub is yeah fantastic. everyone ends up at the pub that, and i that, think it's that it's yeah when you when you when you go to shoot bucking you stay in bucking bucking or bucking unless you really get stuck and then you're somewhere else nearly probably 90 percent of the shooters are in bucking so everyone ends up at the pub you all end up chatting and all the rest of it yeah agreed yeah oh, well, again, the I, I element is yeah. on point i only went to two rounds but bucking was the match in city was very very good but the, the social yeah. aspect of Buckham is hard to explain, like you say. And the pub is fantastic. It's a proper... Oh, well, the it's, pub there is great. It's a country pub, but it's sort of a little bit modernised because old one burnt down. It's like, to the, like I'll be... I'll be If I could only do one next year, I'm going to try to do two again, but it'll be Buckham because Buckham was... Um, yeah. And because I've met some dudes around there, I'm going to do a bit of hunting with them. <laughs> so, so I'll go... Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. I should come do Monado, mate. Come do Monado for the start of the uh, year. I was thinking about that. I was thinking Monado because I thought if I come over, I could maybe hang out with you guys for a couple of days, see what you're doing, depending how busy you are, and then go to 
fuck him later oh, on. Come, come and race some slot cars. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. We've, we've got our slot car truck set up. Anyway, that's that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, we could oh, go yeah. down that one for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I actually thought you would say Buckham just because, um, yeah. Uh, although the one thing is we rented, we leased a, like a house for like a couple of nights, three nights. It was like $1,200. Mm-hmm. So I thought this would probably be pretty yeah. nice. Man, it was a bit of a bit of a. It was old <laughs> and cold. I, um, I heard that it got really cold. Okay, I'm from New Zealand, right? So I'm expecting Australia to be quite a nice, toasty place. And then I'll, I'll no, wake up and it's like there. it's like minus two degrees inside the house I'm in. <laughs> and and I live in a modern house, right? So I'm I'm pretty soft nowadays. But man, like I had cold as feet walking around inside that house with merino socks on. Oh. But. That doesn't I was, sound fun. No, and I'm thinking like, oh, 1200 Australian dollars, that's like a million New Zealand dollars. I was thinking, we're probably going to get a pretty nice place. But uh, <laughs> it's what it is. Anyway, it, looking back, it was fun, right? It doesn't matter. But um, Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. We, we end up staying in a place across the road from the pub, literally down the hill from the pub. So like perfect location. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. It is affectionately known as the Crack Shack. <laughs> the Crack Shack. This, 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 this little... There's nothing to it. It's just this little old building and the heaters run the whole weekend just because you try and get it a tiny bit warm. Yeah. But it's everyone rocked up on Sunday night. There was a whole crew that rocked up and everyone just has a great night of it after the match is done chatting away. Yeah, that's that, that, that's the good memories. That's what I'd probably, uh, depending on what happens, but we left on the Sunday at like 1am so we didn't really stay at the pub too long on Sunday night. I'd like to... Maybe move yeah. the flights around so we could like, you know, have a good Give night a on Sunday. Time. Yeah, with all the with all the with your friends, and then yeah. and then cruise back to uh, Melbourne or wherever it is. Um, yeah, you know, next day. But but anyway, that's um, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, I do I do want to get a couple of honourable mentions in there though. Oh yes, no, go for Interesting it. matches. I think it was Monado this year. Seemed like the course of fire that Ash and Aaron wrote. That sort of set a bar for the year. Mm-hmm. Of everyone walked away from that and went, no, that was a fantastic match. I think with that catering to the top tippy top shooter, but then also having solid points available for everyone down the field. Like everything was achievable, but it was to get that last twenty percent. Yeah, you needed to be performing at your best. Awesome. Yep. And I think I think every, a lot of people walked away from that match going, "No, nah, that was that was a great match," and I think that influenced some of the matches later on in the year. Of no, nah, this is this is the bar. This is where this is where we sit. Yep. Yep. And also um, the the props in New South for King of the Hill, like the props that they used for that one being called a shoot off of, but they looked solid. That was. And um, they looked awesome. Yeah, no, I agreed. I, for me, like pallets, they're just like rubbish. But how those those pallets were arranged into that sort of irregular, yeah, ra- that was fantastic. Like, yeah, there's some imagination. Same with the the tires and the the the, the, the I can't remember the spools, but all of these things which are just like oh, your generic PRS props. It's like nah, not here. There, there was a lot more thought yeah, put the, into them. I was impressed with yeah. that. Yes, I love the. The um the railway sleeper wall that looked that was awesome. Yeah, that no, just looked cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So no, that that's it's. it's I'm glad you picked that one because I can actually talk about it too because I was there. But um, <laughs> yeah. That from I would say yeah the 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 props at that match for being like solid PRS props and well thought through were uh, ten out of ten. 
Um, Trent did a good job. Um, did anyway. Let's roll well, back. We might, we... Sorry, go on, go for it. Let's roll I was back. Say, we might just have to introduce a um, like a little a little line or something with a collar on it though for some New Zealand shooters to not go over. I I've been told not to talk about <laughs> the red line incident on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave that right there. Yeah, yeah, no, it might puff somebody's cream a bit much. Um, all right, so going back to Buckham, so yeah, uh, you didn't know Mark before the uh, my so my co-host. He's currently um, on the farm. Uh, you didn't know him before this because he's. Um, but anyway, he came over team team manager or captain, and he soon got put to work at Buckham on both days behind oh, the camera. Oh, he did. Yeah. Hey, he just looked like he was a little bit lonely one day, and I thought, you know what? I've got a cast, got a spare camera. Like, do you want to have a bit of a run with the camera, mate? <laughs> so the first day he had a, a sort of, I can't remember, whatever, DSLR or mirrorless camera. Next day he had a, one with a massive bloody lens on it. I thought, oh, God, who gave him that? <laughs> That's but Oh, yeah, no, we, we went all out and gave him all the cool gear. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was subbed in as an assistant photographer, we'll call him. What Were any of his photos usable? Well, I'll pay it. I mean, one, we set our cameras up pretty good. So mm-hmm. yep. we, we do we do the hard work beforehand. Basically, it's just point and shoot for most of it. But I didn't, going through the photos when I was picking my daily stuff, I didn't notice anything out of the out of place. So Not bad, eh? I'm going to say he did a pretty good job. I did go, that weekend I was a little excessive in the amount of photos that were taken. Yeah, backstory to that is down in Tassie, um... I've got, I'd go over with two cameras, one that's a video dedicated camera and one that I do the photos with. And um, in Tassie, the one that does the photos, the shutter broke. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't use that. So I went from no photo camera, the previous match, to rocking up a day before, no, the day we left to go to Buckham, they said that, oh, your camera's ready and you can come and pick it up. So we quickly detoured to that. And I was like, you know what? I've got my camera back and went and took about seven and a half thousand photos over three days and then got back and hated my life because <laughs> I then had to sort through seven and a half thousand photos. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, well. Nah, it... You know what? No, I'll play Mark. Yeah. Mark, he took way too many photos and that, that was just a nightmare. So at this match, <laughs> yeah, he got he even got... When we went to Sydney until he got put to work there, Trent put him to work. Um, he got... Yeah, he doesn't... Here's him thinking he'll just have a cruise. He's not going to want to come over for matches, is he? Because it's just going to be work for him. Nah, he likes the attention. He loves it. <laughs> yeah, he likes we'll people. Get, we'll, get him to do, we'll get him to be a stage officer and give him a camera. You should um, like surprise everyone, and it turns out we go over and Mark's the match director. <laughs> Sub match director, yeah. last minute. Special Locked guest. Friday, be like, yeah, we need a course of five for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, okay, so... Being that you've been to all the... Were you the only person to go to all the matches this year? You might have been. Ooh, I reckon I might have been. Yeah. With so, the exception of one or two shooters. Probably uh, not a bad person to ask then. Uh, trends in the 2023 series, um, be it uh, equipment, shooting bags, rifles, or tripods, whatever. Uh, yep. Anything you've noticed? You know, more bags or less tripods or, or pump pillows? Um, any trends this year? few things actually one's like tripod rear has been sort of increasing the last few years just a lot of basically whenever people can run tripod rear they will run tripod rear um and i guess there's been there's been a few matches where there's been the compromise and i've really enjoyed seeing this of time is tight enough that if you're you're gonna run tripod rear you have to be really really efficient to get through it. Yep. 
But for those that do single bag, you can get through that really comfortably. But obviously you've got that compromise of, all right, do I single bag to save time or do I run tripod rear and potentially not get a couple of shots off? Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to solve that problem for yourself. And I guess that it depends on your abilities and how comfortable you are and all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, tripod rear has been huge. Um, six GTs have been really popular this year. Yeah, I've, we've, I've we've, noticed we've seen a lot here a too. A heap of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went from went from seeing um, um, Rusty's his his gay tiger, mm-hmm. seeing that of going, oh, what what is a six GT? And no one was running it last year. And then this year rocked up, and you look around, you're like, there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's four. oh wow, everyone like heaps of people are running this now. Yeah, even in our field matches here, which a lot of them go out. A thousand meters or twelve hundred meters. We've got a lot of guys running the the GT. Um, yeah, probably last. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, it seems like if you're running something six mil, you, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. To the point, I'll probably I'll, I I shoot I shot six Creed in Australia this year. I'll, I'll probably shoot like six Dash or something next year. Um, I was just talking to my sponsors yeah. about getting a new barrel and a few things. I've I've got to make a decision soon, but um. I definitely think being that it's the the distances are um, generally shorter than New Zealand and the props are more solid uh, and overall smaller targets in a lot of cases, most cases, I'd say that the the really small, um, what I call slow six mils, uh, uh, even like um, Joel running, was it a 22 Dasher or a 22? Yeah, uh, 22 GT apparently. Yeah, something like it was fantastic. and. Uh... Yeah, whatever it is. And excluding from what I understand about Tasmania, all the other ranges, you can see your fall of shot, whereas here you can't really. So, um, yeah. So the tw- the twenty two caliber is or, or the six mil, fantastic. Um, uh, whereas here, like my six Creed, at, when we're shooting at twelve hundred meters, it's real good because I can, you know, <laughs> or even my six five yeah. Creed. But it's, yeah, yeah. So so next year, I'll, if I can if I can manage to get over. Oh, I should be running a, a smaller six. Um, a smaller six? Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably, probably the, probably the dasher or something. I, I got to look into it a bit more, but um, before I make a decision. Yeah, they are, they are popular. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see what happens next year with some of this stuff because I know that there's talks of people running like a a 25 Creed. Yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, I talked going about to something that. like that. Yeah, I talked about that today. I, I've actually had thoughts that it would be an excellent New Zealand cartridge because I think. In my 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 opinion, for whatever that's worth, six five Creed or six mil Creed is my pick for most, definitely North Island yeah. events where we are, um, <clears throat> just because we've got a lot of long grass and stuff like that, like um, like actual grass, not like what you guys have over there, and <laughs> <laughs> like it's green, um, but what? Yeah, I know grass it's, is green. It's weird. Wait till you come over, you'll see it. Um, and but the twenty five is it's well, it's right down the middle, right? And now that there's good yeah. projectiles, I. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few. I know, I know we, we've talked a few times. Uh, Anthony has talked about it with them, and so have I. But with Hardy Rifle, but they don't make twenty-five cal barrels, uh, and they're and they're sort of our main barrel supplier in this country. Yeah. There's others, but if you want it, how I find, it, if you want a barrel quick, you go to Hardy's, and it's good. But anyway, yeah. who are our yeah, big sponsors? Lo- local guys. Yeah, and they're a big sponsor of us and of, of you guys also, right? So. Um, yes yeah they are yeah and to be honest whatever i ask for they just give us for our events they're fantastic um oh that's awesome yeah they're, they're great and they compete too which is pretty cool but anyway yeah. so that, that's about it eh? so the trends are the six that's gt 
Yeah. What about bags? Was medium stuff like that pretty standard? Uh, oh, yeah. Medium is king. Yeah. Medium is the king. Um, oh, unless I guess with the tripod rear being more of a thing, the oh, I'm not remember the name is the Armageddon Armageddon bags that are on the the tack plate. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're hugely popular. I, I think it's now getting to the point where it's people are playing with different sand in the schmediums. Yeah. I took whatever Aaron was running in his sand this year. I I dumped my schmedium with. The default sand and ran some, I don't know, Aaron's secret sand. Mm-hmm. Put it in mine. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's the way. So, yeah. No, so, Schmedium and the Armageddon's for tripod rear. Yep. Yeah, Schmediums here are a, a big. They're, um, uh, my fr- they're just, you just can't go wrong. My friend's the importer for them. And it's essentially, as, as soon as it turns, uh, funnily enough, the sponsor of our podcast, the Gunwreck. They're the importer for them, and oh, um, they and actually, funnily enough, I have one to give away. That oh, I just haven't bought it up yet. I have. Oh, getting I, all the plugs in there. I love <laughs> I that. Have a, That's have, a great segue. Yeah, I have an Armageddon Gear Plus one to give away, but I won't. We'll, we'll worry about that afterwards. But um, yeah, essentially, as soon as they turn up, they're all gone. Um, they're, they're pretty. Popular. Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. So, guns and social media. Um, obviously. Uh, yourself you do a lot i do quite a bit but not nearly as much um and i'll probably yeah. say the media that you guys do across the various uh, things is in the firearm space anyway is one of the more successful worldwide at a guess just for actual engagement and the actual amount of followers and, and stuff like that yep. especially yeah, in precision rifle that, which we work hard oh no no it's it's, it's noticed because precision rifle is it's a niche part of shooting like people like it but uh, what gets views online is the, the, you know, shooting stuff up close with 50 cows and shooting watermelon and stuff like yeah. that. So, so yeah. to, to get good engagement in a more sort of kind of serious um, shooting sport, or what is, um, you guys obviously joke and and, and, and have fun, but um, it's, it's not easy, especially with modern social media policies around firearms uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, it can be a bit hard. So, yeah, you know, with... What do you reckon? So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, sort of the main three um, that that competitors use. What's the best platform you see for for someone wanting to get into it or to get engagement? See, this is, I I guess, because I see so many different things from all the different places. I don't think there's necessarily one that you should be doing over the other. I think it's especially with like reels on Facebook, shorts on YouTube, reels on Instagram, and then TikTok in there as well. Um, we, we do a lot of like, we'll produce a video. We'll come up with something that's, you know, classed as a reel, but we will post that everywhere. So rather than just, all right, we're just going to do Instagram. It's a, no, post, post things everywhere and see what happens. Cause we've had um, we have one of the brands that we deal with and the community engagement that they have on Facebook is insane. Mm-hmm. You put up a post and you just watch everybody start commenting. Yeah. Like, oh, no, this is awesome. And then another brand on Facebook, you do similar things and you go, oh, it's not. Okay, it's a different audience that have followed that page. It's not quite the same. Um, but then we've started posting reels this year on the PRS Facebook page. And the growth in the last three months on PRS Facebook has been 
just insane. Yeah. Like, completely insane. Seeing seeing some numbers in millions and millions and millions going. All right, well that's working. Let's just keep posting more of that. Yeah. Um, and same as TikTok. TikTok's a little bit of a trickier one because, I mean, well, what what would I personally be up to now? I've had my personal account banned. I've had multiple impact dynamics pages. One of the PRS pages got banned. Like project, we've had all of them banned, but the growth that we've seen on all of them has been really, really good. And to the point of there's been orders placed through one of the clients that we deal with, with people like commenting after they've purchased something going, oh man, like, nah, love the TikToks. Yeah. Like, keep it up. We love seeing it. And you're going, oh, well, there's a direct sale that was linked because someone loves watching the TikToks. So, and there's, there's more and more people jumping on it, actually. I've noticed in the past, oh, a couple months, like, is it Pete from Impact Shooting on mm-hmm. YouTube? Yep. Um... Eric Cortina's jumped on there. There's there's a stack of people jumping on there. You just have to be able to show it in the right context. I find is the biggest thing. I wonder because I wonder with TikTok because younger generations are going to be more like you know early like late teens, early twenties. They're going to be more accepting of that that social media whereas yeah. when once we're in our sort of early 30s and stuff we, we sort of look at it with like oh what's this we don't need this we've already got these perfectly good social media platforms yeah but they do all these things but then we talk about like oh we need to bring more people into the sport and young guys are fantastic for that right a lot of them don't have yes. like big financial commitments yet uh they're yeah. a bit more free time so so uh, yeah I, maybe well that was one of the questions coming up but like may, maybe Maybe it's something we should look into here in New Zealand for our stuff because um, if you want that engagement um, from from younger shooters or potential younger competitors, um, that's probably where they're going to be. Yeah, well, it's even um, so. I guess throwback a little bit prior to doing all of the shooting and media stuff. I actually used to work in a school environment, mm-hmm. and. They used to be like, they, you know, you do book days or whatever it is and kids would come in for a day and they would dress up as their favourite person or whatever it was. In the last couple of years I did that, the amount of people that were coming in dressed as their favourite YouTubers and stuff like that, like they're not looking after movie characters, they're watching the people that they're sitting, spending hours and hours and hours each week on YouTube. Yeah. So the rise of, I only imagine that that's gotten crazier too with, oh, I dressed up as my favourite TikToker or... So yeah, hitting hitting that younger audience of sort of the under thirties is these the social platforms are where you want to get, and that's the, the Instagram Reels and the TikToks and it's, the Shorts are what get those people in. It's it's quite common for us, to, well, I find anyway, but for us in the firearms community, to we moan about social media, but we also forget we we all spend too much time on it, but we forget that. The reason I know you, the reason I know all the people I shoot with, is because of social media, and yeah. and that's how we promote our events. Like I, with our major events, the entries are done through Facebook. Yeah, because it's it's where people are. Like, well, a lot of it, yeah. is, but web the website side of things less so for us now. So it's um, it's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's just easy for them, and it pops up. You know, oh shit, that's right. Yeah, there's guess- entries open tonight. Um, yeah, it's already there when you're looking at it. You yeah, scroll through your feed and you go, "Oh, yeah, that's right." I mean, I saw something earlier today from the we've got a full day rimfire match coming up that I haven't 
registered for yet and saw something pop up and went, oh, yeah, I should definitely do that. I, I seen that same advert. <laughs> and, I thought, yeah. and I thought, God, if I didn't have heaps on, I'd love to come over for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's, it's fair. It's, you've got a, but it is hard now with, uh, like, as you know, Instagram's doing the old, um, your content won't be shown to non-followers. And, um, which Instagram is, is a tricky one. They've sort of seemed to have come down with the hammer a little bit more. Yeah, but then... But it's, yeah. I find that a weird one because Facebook's sort of opened up a bit more. Agreed, and it's the same. And that it's, the, it's same. the same parent company. Yeah. They're all meta, so and I don't know. The, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I'll find, like, some weeks I'll get very little from new people, and then other weeks I'll get, like, because of obviously much smaller Instagram, but like, I'll get like five new followers a day. And it's like, well, I had none last week. Um, yeah. And I, um, I, the, the one good side of them blocking it from everyone is I don't get all like the um, the fake uh, bots. The, all, the, all, the, all the, you know. Oh, they're, they're so good. I had like yeah. 50 of them in one day and I was like, what did I do to do like, what did I do to get this? Because they're just going to be crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not that good looking. I don't think all these, you know, large breasted women from Italy want to, want to talk to me but <laughs> but yeah you cannot have my bank details no <laughs> yeah but yeah so um so with okay so let's say we've got a bunch of guys who listen i've got sort of um fledgling uh, yeah. instagram accounts for, for social media for their shooting stuff like that again it's it's hard at the moment and a lot of them who talk to me they struggle to know what to put on um because after a little while you know it becomes sort of simple and easy but uh, yeah, yeah. what do you want? What do you reckon if you if you're doing? Um, let's just say precision shooting stuff. And let's say, let's say hunting. But what should you put on social media if you're wanting to, to grow your um, your account and have engagement? Yeah. So I guess before jumping into any specific content things in general, the biggest thing is consistency. Yep. You could have the best content that you're posting. But if you're only posting it, you're posting sporadically and once every here and there, it won't, it doesn't have the same effect. Like these, these platforms reward people that are consistently, you know, whether it be four times a week, two times a week, once a day, four times a day, if you are consistently putting content up, that's where you will, you will see the growth from it. Um, but for right now, what what I've been seeing is reels are huge. So whether that's you post a video, like someone filmed you doing a stage run, like put that stage run up, post that, put that on all the platforms that you want to be on. Um, I guess there, there's the human element to it that, you know, like I, it's, it's one thing that I notice actually when I see people's posts and watch someone talk about you know, their day shooting and I've, I've sort of gone on a bit of an unfollowing spree actually when I start seeing this of guys that start, they have a bit of a whinge about things and it's like, yeah, no, I'm not into that. But then there's other guys that they'll post about their day and they're like, Hey, yeah, went out shooting today and you know, had a great day. I missed this. I need to work on this and this. And it's like, no, like I like seeing that of people that are genuine about their shooting. You know that they want to get better because they're, they're acknowledging the stuff they need to improve, but they they recognise what they need to improve. And I, I've learned a whole heap from like reading and listening to that of guys like, oh, you know, like I, I missed doing this, like I was wasn't stable on this barricade. You watch the video and you're like, oh yeah, cool. And then they've got a little bit after of like, oh, I'm going to try this and this. And you're like, yes, I like that. Like you're being genuine about your shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, also. 
like I, I assume it's the same over there with you guys as well, but the banter, the banter from PRS matches and any sort of precision rifle match is amazing. And those those kinds of gags of something funny happens at the range, you film someone doing something stupid or whatever it is, just post it. Like, just put it up. It's why I now have the nickname Range Creep. Yep. Yeah, because you're always Rusty, there. Rusty filmed, <laughs> Rusty filmed a tit. No, it was Rusty filmed a TikTok of me, oh, two years ago, and he put up a caption with it of like, oh, this guy at the range, like the creep running around with the camera, and it got over a million views. And I just went, you know what? I'm going to run with that. That's going to be my nickname now. I'm going to go with Range Creep. Well, that's why not. That's how Wilkie got Cream Puff. It was a. It was just a Instagram story. Right. We... I thought we didn't talk about that. The sheep still had feelings, didn't it? <laughs> well, I, I was something like he was buying some food, and I was like, "Love loves a three for one deal on green puffs." And we're like, bick, we're bickering in the car. We'll wait for him to get the shop. I'm like, "What should we write?" And we're like, "Someone's like, oh, donut holes and collies like cream puffs or something." So we we wrote it, and then everyone, and then all the Aussie boys started calling them cream puff. And then that soon went to New Zealand within a week. And he did. oh, did it really? That's oh, perfect. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, because we had a match like a, a thing two weeks after Buckham or three weeks, and everyone was calling him cream puff <laughs> yeah. oh that's amazing well, he, he I won, love that he, that translated over he did well and won the match though which is good but um, <laughs> yeah oh there you go he was worth it then yeah now one, one thing that's become big in the last few years has been in the same same topic is vertical video and I struggled with this at the start because I used to hate it <laughs> but now yeah. I see the benefit because reels and or um, or stories and all this thing that's it looks best in that format because that's how it's projected on the app or yeah. whatever. Um, so I've had to start filming a lot of... Because um, I tried a few reels and stuff. But trying to film vertical video has been a bit of a change um, in the last few years. But um, It's an adjustment, isn't it? Yeah, but now it's become normal for me. I very rarely film in, in horizontal. Um, yeah. Unless I'm filming like a specific YouTube video. Um, if it's a reel or a story, it's just vertical. And same with the images. I never used to take images vertically. Now I do. Um, so for, for people listening who do want to do it, if, if you are filming reels or something, just just hold your, your camera <laughs> straight up. And, oh, just, um, yeah. in all honesty, just get your phone out. That's what I do, yeah. I um, for, So Nightfall's PRS finale that just happened, I went around that weekend and I, I had someone else with me, so it was going to make things a heap easier for filming content side of things and i got to sunday and i kind of just went oh we could film all this stuff on the cameras but like that's that's for the you know post day highlights stuff for sponsors all the stuff that will come later i was like i don't really want to have to deal with going and sitting down and chucking on the computer and editing it all the rest of it so i just ran around with my phone for that day and just captured everything all the reels on that and i was like this is so much better well you can just flick it straight through to to, it just yeah you literally just record it, cut it down a little bit, and then post it, and off you go. Like you're on to the next one already. And the, the app makes it reasonably easy to splice a few things together, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's... I will do one thing. So for anyone that is actually wanting to, like, if you want to start making your own content, and like, if you don't have a camera or anything like that yet, literally doesn't matter at all. Grab the phone. There's an app called CapCut. Get that on your phone. There is a stack of templates on there. Some stuff you don't even need to actually edit the video. You just get a template that you like. It's a cool look. You tap three or four clips, whatever it is. It'll put it in there for you. Maybe, like, tweak things a tiny bit, but you put it in there and off you go. Like, you've got this cool little edit that's just done from a template. 
I just, I've they just are. Ins- it is a fantastic way to get in. I'm just installing it now. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, do that's, it. That's do cool. it. It's so worth it. Did uh, you you talked earlier about Buckham um, about the the, the cold um, and the and the steam coming off shoes and stuff. Uh, you may, whether you followed us over the last couple of weeks, we had a particularly wet one of our Rimfire series matches. But it, Ooh, it I makes. I remember seeing this. It, I, did a, I did a couple of reels. One of them was a spliced together one. It makes the reels so cool when there's big, heavy raindrops coming down. It just oh, looks. Yes. Doesn't it just? It makes yeah. shooting like miserable, but man, does it make awesome. Like, especially if you, if depending on what's happening, if you slow the footage down slightly, it. it Sort of highlights the rain oh, a bit you, more. You get them falling slowly. Yeah. Oh. One of my all-time favorite matches was Bucking last year. Yes, I remember watching the videos. And, <laughs> didn't oh, Rust, Rusty's van got stuck, didn't it? Oh, not quite, but it got covered in mud. <laughs> but there was a couple of photos where it was absolutely bucketing down, and there was guys like grabbing gear and all the rest of it, and just snap them from under the shade, walking in. You're like, nah, that's just such a mood. Yeah, walking through the absolute bucketing rain, you've got all the drops freeze framed there. Yeah. yeah, now miserable to shoot in, but epic to get content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's and, and modern and plus for the phones, the modern phones don't care about the rain that much. So, um, and most oh, no, modern, I've, phones, I've taken my phone swimming to film things. It's fine. Yeah, and most what I'll say too is if you're doing a phone, um, you can just film it in 4K. And then just freeze frame for images if you want. It makes it really easy instead of like panicking about getting yes. a shot. Uh, that, real quick and easy, yeah. dirty social media photos, but it, it works. It's simple. And um, oh, and that's the thing. It's 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 by the time that you post it to, like you grab your photo that you've taken with a hundred megapixel photo and you put it on Instagram. By the time it gets to Instagram and Instagram does its thing, well, it doesn't really matter. That's not the platform you go for to get perfectly crisp images. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, no, that's it's, it's pretty good. So, we've covered it. Okay, here you go. Websites we mentioned earlier. So we ha- we have a website for our events and stuff, but it gets yeah. some random articles on there. You get like <laughs> five thousand reads a month, but um, for the most part, you get like maybe forty, fifty things are down. It, but yeah, do you think that's still relevant? I think they still are. I think they're a they're a really good spot for information to exist like you know you've got details on a match things like that like there are still people that would like to go and check that out on a website rather than viewing on facebook um yeah i guess i still like i do that for all the prs stuff like i'll check the bits out all of our club stuff is mainly done through the website so Mm -hmm. you're actually going and signing up for the event you get all the details on there um yeah i think for key information they're, they're definitely still relevant. I, I would agree oh, with that. To maybe extent. just that. Because with our, with our Rimfire series here, um, when people need the rules, because we have a couple of different classes, and um, one of them is a bunch of sort of essentially restrictions, um, we just provide the link to the rules. So it's a real yeah. easy... And now if you yeah. just put it on social media, it gets lost. So that, it's, a, it's a fair point. And... Um, yeah, no, it's fair, and I guess a lot of people still probably probably people over that uh, maybe forty still Google something rather than put, typing it into social media. Yes. They'll probably go through Google. So uh, yes, I guess being able to type in New Zealand Precision Rifle and the wheel website comes up, and that's where they go. Yeah, and so I guess it's it's it comes back to what we talked about earlier. But okay, you got people on TikTok and Snapchat, the younger, you know, like 
late teens, early twenties, and then sort of you know early thirties up to forties on on sort of Facebook and Instagram, and then fifties just on Facebook and Google. So you've got to if you want yeah. these competitors or these people engaging with what you're doing or looking at what you're doing, uh, them being able to find you is probably the first step. Um, yes, yeah, it's trying to accommodate for everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of recognizing where people are still at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you are you sorry you are you're going to start a bit more competition. I'm not sure if that was on the podcast or not, but so what are your plans going yeah. forward? Uh, is it going to be local matches? You got now in Australia, you guys, um, you got NRL 22. Uh, you've obviously got the PRS series, and starting next year is the PRS 22 series in Australia. So, so what are your sort of plans? What do you what do you want to get into more or less? So I've spent. I've spent a whole heap this year just doing general practice. I've done oh, three, I think, Centerfire matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, a majority of the Rimfire matches this year, actually. So, yeah, plan next year is to jump into... I want to do three PRS. That's my that's my goal currently. Do the home match at Monado. Um, we'll see what pans out with the calendar. But if it stays the same as this year, I'd like to do Mildura because it's close. And probably Little River, um, so the Delta Tactical Steel Apocalypse, if it stays as that. Yep. One from a, they're, they're probably the cheaper matches to get to and the easier ones to do. Just quick drives over and off we go. What What's a quick um, drive for you? Oh, uh, the longest of that would be eight hours. <laughs> I like that. A quick drive, eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, otherwise it's, you, you're talking Canberra and New South Bucking and all of those are at least 12 hour drives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. So, no, so, so carry on. So you want to get three, with gold B would be three, three PRS. Three PRS. I guess that's, uh, you know, you get two to at least see where you, you sit in the standings mm-hmm. and potentially that having that one more to be able to be able to improve, like say you have a bad match, whatever happens, like mine's not just in it, you do have some gun issues, whatever it is, you've got another one to correct potentially for some mistakes. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, but... Probably, I'll probably end up shooting as much of the 22 stuff as I can. Um, yeah, all of the the NRL 22 is the big one at our club. Plus, um, the Monado Club run pretty like really good competitive centerfire and rimfire matches as well. So we've got the club series. And up the PRS 22 is something that... I'll have to pay attention to a bit more because I haven't I haven't actually looked into it properly yet. I know that it's it's a thing and it's something that's going to happen. Um, I guess it's just yeah, it's what it what it actually looks like. Yeah, I, I sort of got wind of it back when we were in Buckham. Um, is it is it going to be at um, your local range at, at um, oh, well, sorry, um, Monado? Or is it? See, that's yeah. I'm I'm not actually sure what it's going to entail yet. Yeah, oh, be be good though. It, so, I mean, if if it is, that would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite interested to see how that that goes on there. That's um, that's pretty cool. So with the NRL twenty two, so that obviously accumulates points. Um, is there an Australia? I know that I know there's invitations sent out to go to the the US final. Is there like an Australian yeah. sort of season final? I- believe there is um yeah this year they had the season final up in queensland okay yeah um so cause yeah i'll get if i manage to qualify for that we'll see what happens that's cool i mean it's so, it's so much uh, we, we're all big on rimfire it's so much more accessible 
um, financially. Uh, yeah. And, and also for for you guys having um, a lot more rules around where you can shoot, um, it's so much easier to get it passed on a range rather than a centerfire run. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. And and, and for I, I don't know if you have rules around um, youth shooters, but bringing people's kids, um, teenagers, stuff like that, um, it's fantastic. Although we we have an advantage, we have suppressors, which makes life even nicer with the room for oh that would it would be so nice if we got suppressors see i've got the opposite i've actually chucked a muzzle brake on my on the <laughs> rusty's 22 that i've been using just yeah. purely for weight to get it balanced and everybody hates it yeah I, i've got one for my my i got a it's a taxol which is like a semi-automatic sort of 1022 style one and um one of my sort of comp guns and i my sponsor supplied a muzzle brake but um i was soon told by yeah. my, my people i shoot with that uh that wouldn't be acceptable. <laughs> Although Mark, Mark please kindly take that off. Yeah, Mark runs one on his um his comp gun. I don't know why. I think because because everyone <laughs> always sort of gets annoyed with him. That's why he does it. But um oh yes yes Mark yeah <laughs> shooters love to get annoyed. Yeah, so so my one's still brand new in the packet in the shed. I haven't I haven't used mine. But um oh yeah nice yeah oh that's cool man. So you've got to have a real um yeah i'm gonna try and try and push hard with it i think one of my big goals i'd like to get a rifle of my own for next year Mm -hmm. that's something because currently i'm using um a couple of rusty's rifles yeah what are you so i'm using his bugara b14r just in a krg for rimfire and then just a rem 700 223 in a whiskey three yep what are you thinking um Currently, I'm thinking I'll probably start with the 22. Just it's probably going to be the big thing I'm going to shoot next year. So I'll probably go the same. Really, I'll get a B14R, mm-hmm. um, Bagara, just steel barrel. Um, it's the chassis that I'm torn between what I want to do because, like, I've, I've obviously run the Whiskey Three for the most part of things, and that's my really comfortable chassis to be behind. Yep. But there's so many good options out there now. Oh, yeah. It's like spoiled, the, I've got a mate that very recently got a MDT Elite, and I shot that in a match and went, oh, this is this is very nice. Like, this is really enjoyable. Yeah. But then I got behind the Whiskey 3 again and went, oh, but this feels like home. But then there's bits on it that you go, I'd love wish the Whiskey 3 had M-Lock 4 end so I can just bolt everything on freely. It's then at that point you go, oh, do I just get a whiskey three and then replace the four end? Like where, where do you stop with it? There's so many options. Yeah, that's the trouble, right? <laughs> we should probably yeah. just leave things alone, but we always fiddle and spend a lot more money. Oh, which, it's always something. Which all the companies that sponsor our events and stuff uh, like us doing, so <laughs> it's probably not a yeah. thing. But um, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I think going twenty two is um to start with, especially, is a good idea. Yeah. I'm assuming for optics, it was a... you'll just pinch them from oh. work. The uh, the optics is I don't even want to think about that to be honest. I've um I've I sort of I blame some people for this. I've now got a very expensive taste in mm-hmm. all sorts of shooting things. Yeah, definitely. And I'm hundred percent blaming other people because I'm no sorry, I'm gonna blame Rusty. <laughs> Cause I got to be able to shoot like he's jumping straight behind a KRG with some nice stuff and every bit of glass that you're looking behind is like a Razer Gen 2, XDR Pro from Burris, a Zeiss. I've shot people's ATAC-Rs. Just everything is premium gear. And then oh, I, I borrowed something from someone not long ago. And it was, you know, you're talking a $1,500 optic. 
And I got got behind that looking downrange and I went, oh, what is this? This is gross. Like, where's the clarity in this? And you're like, no, no, this is actually pretty good for the price. It's just used to that big price mark. You're just used to tier one optics, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. But if I was to have a pick at the moment, it would be the Zeiss, the LRP S3. I, for Rimfire, I would agree wholeheartedly. I um the... even pushing for centerfire, like yeah. if you're you're not you know you don't have the budget to go out get a Carles or an ATAC R, for I believe they're thirty three hundred Australian retail. The six to thirty six magnification range, um, I guess little things for rimfire if parallax goes down to ten meters. That's, um, a, that's, got, that's the big it's thing. It's got for a us. usable Christmas tree. Yeah. So um, and it's ha- it's crisp. Yeah, we have like we shoot last glass. We we our minimum distance is ten meters for rimfire. So like here, it's mm, yeah. you need a parallax. Like if um, I run um, like Mark Five loopholes and stuff, awesome oh, yes. awesome scope. Terrible for rimfire. Yes, because yeah, because it's like minimum fifty meters. So when there's a ten meter target, I'm just I'm almost guessing. So yeah, you're just looking at a blob. Yeah, and so I would um. Yeah, no, the S3 is, is definitely... Because the S5 was... I was like, man, I really like this. A bit wider than I'd like, but but the parallax. Yeah. And then the S3 comes out. I was like, oh, there you go. Um, so, no, I... I, I yeah, we, we got to play with the S5 for a bit, and then we got the S3 and went, oh, they fixed up so many little bits and pieces on this. Like, they just refined it really well. And it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. Much cheaper. Yeah, like a couple of grand, isn't it? So, um, there, is, there is one that... Um, oh, I don't know how much I can talk about it. There is a scope coming out from a manufacturer. Um, we got to play with it at the, the finale, and I believe it's going to be out start of next year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sit in the sort of 3,500 Australian mark. Yeah. And I had a good look through that, and it comes with um, their own reticle or a tremor. The glass was very good, 34 mil tubes. I think it's 5 to 30. And it's sort of up there if you want to start stepping into that almost ATAC R world. Like, you may be compromising on glass a bit, like a little bit, but, what, 3500 bucks? It's going to be hard to go past. Yeah, I think I might know who I'm, you're talking I'm about. I'm keen to get... Yeah. Yeah, probably do, but I'm, yeah. I'm keen to get to play with that as a... when it's actually out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, it sounds like you got some good... Um, <laughs> some bad influence... Bad influences to oh, make good decisions. Very but, bad influences. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is the trouble, right? You end up... Um, and here's the thing for people listening who, who, who are thinking about getting into it too. You don't need a $3,500 scope, especially, you know, like yeah, there are no, a lot, there's all sorts of options. Um, we're just talking about tier one options, essentially. Yeah. Like the best of and the best. And there's good budget options in there though. Like the the Arkans are really good for the price that they are. I don't, do, um, do you see them there? What they're, they're really popular here is the Element. Um, Titans are very popular here. Oh, Yes. Because they're like yes, you haven't seen much of the elements. They're big here. I think it's well, the, the people here who have been importing them at Element New, Ze- New Zealand have been big supporters of competitions and pretty good at social media. Yeah. So, so they've been pretty popular. Um, and I think what's we don't see a lot of Arkin. One guy who's no longer in business was bringing them in, but um, yeah, okay, we see a few. Yeah. But there is a lot of options around that um, thousand to fifteen hundred dollar Kiwi mark. Um, which when I first got into this game was just non-existent. So yeah. And um, yeah, no, there's good things in there. 
Yeah, and it's just getting bigger like, and better. I, I very much understand that I'm in a, a very weird situation for a new shooter coming into the sport with the gear that I get to play with. Like, that's doesn't get to happen all the time of someone you just get given a top-tier optic to put on and run for a match. Yeah, exactly. And but... I think it's, it, it does go back to the biggest thing of for people wanting to get into it, of literally whatever you've got, go out and use it. I shot a NRL 22 match earlier this year with a CZ452 with a Crimson Trace Plex Reticle. And I didn't do horribly, but I had so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Because it was, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't running around with, you know, decent rifles and premium optics. It was literally just about the fun. And that's one of the matches that sticks out for me this year because it was just... Went along, enjoyed it, left the range happy as Larry that I just hit a target, yeah. let alone four of them. Yeah, it's cool. Like, <laughs> cause, and, and that's in reality what it's all about is having fun, getting better at shooting, hanging out with your mates or yeah. making new friends. Having having nice gear is awesome, but yeah, but also becoming like a talented marksman, like a competent marksman, that, that to me is the, the best thing, like taking a challenging shot and being good at it. So... Good gear's cool, but um, you know. And I, have, having met you blokes and knowing knowing what you're like a little bit now, like I imagine it would be the same thing for you. Of if you do want to get out for a shoot and it's kind of like, oh, I don't have a gun yet, or like my rifles are doing something. The ability to probably hit someone up and be like, hey, if I feed some ammo through your rifle, do you reckon I can shoot it in a match? Yeah. And it's someone, anyone turning around and be like, oh yeah, man, like, oh, I've got stacks of ammo. Just come and shoot this for for yeah. the day. We've got a couple of Australians like, coming over for one of our big matches in about a month, and they don't have to bring their firearms. I've, I've heard about that. Yeah, and uh, in our 22 series, we have, through our sponsors, we have a loaner rifle with all the ammo provided. Like, it's... Yeah. We're, we're trying to do more of that stuff to, to... That's the thing. It's just get out and shoot. Yeah. And shoot and have fun. I'm playing with the idea of try, maybe... This is my spare parts and maybe talk to a few sponsors, but getting a, a 2 to 3 put together for our Cinefire matches... Um, Purely, oh, yeah, awesome. purely being two to three, so it's cheap for us to feed. Um, yeah, because if it was six five, it'd be a bit hard. But um, but yeah, just playing with oh, those. You ideas. get the extra barrel life as well with that. Yeah, well, you can shoot those like, little factors. Yeah, and like it'll be like a, a seventy five grain bullet, so it'll, it'll still go a long way accurately. Well, that's yeah, that's what I'm going to be running next year. Seventy five ELDs. Two three or... running the sixty uh, sixty nine Sierras. SMK, yeah. Yep. What good bullet. Yep. We um Yeah, just I actually went up last weekend and did load dev on it and got something shooting and you just off you go. They're um again we again we go with the ELDs a lot here because of the, the expansion yeah. of the grass. But um we used to have a local manufacturer who would load they do a lot of army ammo and stuff. They'd load the sixty nine Sierra in like a bulk ammo tin load and it was good enough. Like Is that... um, Yeah. Similar to your... Like close enough to the ADI? Kind of, yes. Yeah, kind of, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's Belmont for us. It's ADI brass. But it's... um. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd pay like a, a 600 bucks for a ton of a thousand rounds of it. Oh, that's right. You know, for 500 metres and in, it was accurate enough to hit small plates. Um, a thousand, you yeah. got a bit of up and down, but... You pushed Yeah. Yeah, but it was good, man. We did a lot. And then they did another load with like a, a Lapua projectile. But uh, unfor- oh, yeah. various reasons we can't get it anymore, but... Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm gutted. Um, the 69 factory um, ADI stuff uh, isn't available over here anymore. 
Okay. They discontinued it, and I got my hands on ten rounds of it from someone, and I sent five through paper, and they literally all punched through the same hole at a hundred meters. <laughs> yeah. I went, "Oh come on!" Like I would have just bought a tin of a thousand. I think it was like eleven hundred bucks here, and yeah. done. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It it's, been it's, done. You don't have to spend that time on the bench, right? And actually, yeah. while, while we're talking about two to three for people wanting to get into the centerfire stuff, yeah, it might not be that good at a thousand meters or twelve hundred meters, like pretty average, but most of here in New Zealand, anyway, most of our targets are between three and five hundred meters, and the two to three with a good bullet, it's, it's fantastic. Um, it'll it'll do that all day every day. Yeah, now I'm not talking like fifty five grain hunting ammo that'll struggle a bit in the wind, but the with a good modern, <laughs> it's a hot. You know, it it can be done anyway, and it's it's going to be a lot more cost effective than six mil or getting yeah. a BR made or something like that. Just ch- chuck some good bullets through it. That's how I started. I went and got um, five hundred rounds of the fifty five grains. Mm-hmm. And just went, it's something, it's better than nothing, and got out and shot a whole bit of things. But I will, one thing I learned a heap with was wind driven, because the bullet was getting pushed around so much, was actually having to rock up to stages going, all right, I need to know what my wind call is to start for this and what my backup wind call is, rather than just guessing. Yeah. So actually came into stages prepared because I knew I had to think about it a lot. And then all of a sudden going, Hey, I'm actually shooting all right now because I'm getting like first or second round impacts. And another plus is you can just go to whatever you like here it's hunting and fishing or whatever sports shop and get just a, like a Tika or a Howler with a fast twist. Yeah. You know, like the Howler's only going to cost you a grand, Tika's going to cost you 1500 bucks, and you're putting an OK scope on it or whatever, a suppressor here or a muzzle brake or whatever. And there you go. You're good to go. You're good to compete and learn. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and then instead of dropping $10,000, whatever you're going to spend, and then maybe not enjoying the sport, you're only in a grand or two and you can learn a bit and then decide where you want to go and and what you want to um, spend yeah, your money on. Yeah. So You've got options and you can keep running that setup until you go and get your custom action or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. No, so Because anyway. are, are custom actions big over there? Uh, not as big as Australia. Um, yep. but it's getting we, we are the slowest in the world for picking things up here but we with more guys keen on what you guys are doing and stuff like that we're getting better but um, yeah. I figured that you know we're doing an audio only podcast not a video one <laughs> yeah. so we only just got we only just got the internet man <laughs> um, yeah uh, but, are you still um, running on dial up <laughs> pretty close <laughs> I, I have rural internet so it's just, anyway <laughs> um so custom actions, seeing more of it, like what well, I run a custom action, uh, Wilkie Collie, those guys. Um, but you'll yeah. still you'll see a lot of guns built on Tikas. Um, yeah, very popular. Well, t- okay, I don't know about Australia. They but shoot though. They they're fantastic. Triggers are good. But our most popular hunting rifle is the Tika, by like yep. a margin. Um, so you'll see a lot on Tikas. Um, less less so on original Remingtons, but but more and more custom guns here um definitely yeah yeah okay. but but definitely more and more rebarreled guns whereas back when i first started you'd see essentially just hunting guns that had been pushed into the role of precision um oh, yeah. but now you're seeing you know chassis everywhere um yeah big big optics um rebarreled with hardy yeah. barrels or butt line or whatever so um but coming over to like especially well, it's Buckham first, like all the all the guns in the racks being chassied and Yeah. That was and everything being um real real flash, that was new to me. Like there's a lot of nice guns here, but um 
everyone essentially was um, in deep, or be a, a, a national level competition. So, um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's the evolution of the sport too. Like having gone through and looking back at the twenty seventeen days when it first started, and yeah, there's the custom actions weren't weren't huge, weren't big then. Yeah, I guess you've, you've got that progression and everyone's just pushing for that extra little bit, extra little bit, and <laughs> you do that for five to six years or whatever it is, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, everyone's right on the edge of all this now. Everyone's got auto auto tricklers and yep. everyone's chasing that that last 2%. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, um, one last little question, then we'll wrap this up because we're just over an hour, Josh. But... Um... New Zealand, Denver. are you, are you going to come and visit us and do some social media over here with us? Maybe shoot a oh, I, it is on one of the top of my lists is to try and make it over there at some point next year. Yeah. Well, I tell yeah, you what, if you I... do, well, and you want it to be North Island, we can provide the firearms so you don't have to worry about all the, the drama of transporting guns, which is harder on your side, yeah. I might add significantly um, is it oh awesome good to know if <laughs> jesus our guy do you know when i leave new zealand I, all i have to do is ring the airline and be like hey i'm traveling with a firearm and they're like okay cool we'll mark that on your like electronic information i don't have to tell anybody else i'm taking a gun out of the country uh, coming yeah, right. back in i need a permit like a one-page permit uh, yeah but your guys on the other hand whew. anyway um <laughs> That's what it is, but um, we can. Well, try and avoid that one. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, if you come, we can just sort you out a firearm. That's fine. Be it rimfire or centerfire or even magnums or even even a fifty cal if you were silly. Oh. Um, yeah, but yeah, and but there's a there's a bunch of cool matches here and in the South Island, and and also a bunch of other non-shooting related stuff that's nice to do. Um, so yes, no, it is. It is at the top of my list. So one, I mean, one, I want to come and see New Zealand because I've had family visit there, and they're just like, it is beautiful over there. Yeah. Um, and two, now is that extra thing of no, nah, I want to go and shoot some matches. Like, I want to, I want to get. I just, I think to shoot a match that's not on a square range. Yeah, I'm talking like to that, a, that'll be something. A bunch of Aussie guys in the background are like, you know, off offline, sort of saying, yeah, now I'm getting a bit sick of shooting on concrete. Um, yeah, but now mud is that much better? I don't know, but like we get some critical oh, spots. Different. Yeah, oh, like and like our our biggest match of the year, which is the end of February. Um, the firing lines probably nearly eight hundred, nine hundred meters long, and oh, it faces yeah. different that directions. Just sounds awesome. Yeah, so you've got different views, different winds, and then even some of our rimfire yeah. events, uh, our magnum ones, we shoot over big giant valleys, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's a bit of a different style too we have some prop stuff but we have um yeah down the sides of hills and all sorts of cool stuff so um we'd love to have you, you know, and and we can get you picked up from the airport and everything to be honest and um driven down and i mean yeah. i mean just need to tee up the time and yeah 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 you just fly and then we sort the rest it's that easy but um because we have yeah, people no, who come I've... from auckland <laughs> Anthony showed me some videos earlier this year of some of the matches that he's shot and all the different places and obviously like seeing the stuff that you put up of just all the I think it's there stuff he did recently recently with like you running through like a trench line and all the rest of it oh yeah shooting we've, out of pipes yeah we've got that's so we have a match where we use like World War One World War Two rifles it's very popular yeah and we had army tanks and all sorts of shit running around and They've got like um. That just sounds rad. And that, the, <laughs> I was talking to um guy and 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 his wife and oh, I might be Collie telling them and I was there and 
Shannon pictures of these army tanks and she's going oh but so they just drive around and but they don't shoot and it's like no they're shooting she's like what do you mean and, oh they're just shooting blanks out of their main gun you know so they're going off <laughs> she's like that's, that's got to be illegal and it's like no it's not illegal and then they've got oh. the machine guns are, they're not actually machine guns they're just like they look like machine guns and they are yeah, LPG yeah. powered so they're, they're loud so these things are driving around behind the stages rattling off and shooting it's, it's cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that that's yeah, a popular I need, one. <laughs> I definitely need to come over and do some filming then as well. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's fun. And then then that's our only real non precision match we do, but it's it's very popular. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the next year, the Jan- in January, that's the biggest match we've ever held, but it should be. Um yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It means more people are getting into it. Yeah, and it's uh, one good thing about the, uh, well uh it's brought a few people into the precision world them coming and shooting our um our super steel event which is sort of attracts an older crowd and then like the weird like yeah. autistic millsurp guys who are like in their mid-20s it gets them too and then oh yes <laughs> and um and then they're, they're, a lot of them have bled over into our precision shooting so it's it's yeah a few different people seeing what we do so it's pretty good but i think yeah oh, I, th- I think that wraps up about what we've planned to talk about josh i reckon it has yeah uh, well i uh, listen thanks for coming on it's been quite a good one actually i've yeah. enjoyed this thanks thanks for having me yeah no easy as and um yeah uh thanks to our sponsors um the gun rack for sponsoring the podcast again for those listening we will be giving a away a plus one schmedium or whatever it's called from armageddon gear in the next maybe week or so on the podcast page so keep an eye out there um yeah all right josh any last words from you no, I reckon that about sums it all up. Cool. Thanks for having me, and hopefully we we'll see you next year sometime. No, we'll do. Sweet. All right, I'll see you later, everyone.